0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Excited or what? Oh, man. Man, I haven't seen some of you since Christmas Eve. It's so good to see you. Sincerely, I love you guys. You're looking really good. And uh, I didn't mean that as an insult. (laughs) But I'm excited to be here. If you don't know me, my name is Luke, and I'm an associate pastor here at Vine Life. And uh, I, I love today. I love this day, all right? Um, when you go home, when you turn on the television, when you look at your newspaper today, there's going to be a lot of articles about Jesus, and Jesus is going to be... You us again. great of a teacher he was, but that's not why we're here today. We are here because we're celebrating who he is and who he will be forevermore. Is anybody here glad that we don't have to refer to Jesus in past tense? We don't have to talk about who he was and what he did. We can talk about who he is and what he's doing and what he will do for the rest of eternity. Yeah? And uh, that's why we're here. Now, there's probably a lot of reasons, a lot of different people in the room, a lot of reasons you're here today. Some of you uh, maybe the person you're sitting next to dragged you into the room today, and uh, if that's the case, I apologize on their behalf, but I do want to welcome you into this place. Thanks for coming to be here. I say that sincerely. Some of you just thought it was the right thing to do to come to church today, and so maybe you don't normally attend Vine Life, but you just arbitrarily uh, pick the church and uh, I know that that can be a little nerve-wracking sometimes. You're never quite sure, is this going to be a pew-sitting church or one of those churches where people are swinging from the chandeliers and that type of thing? And uh, again, to you, I say heartily welcome into this place, sincerely. Um, I, uh, there's other people here today. Maybe you, uh all right, yeah, let's, I think, uh, okay, yes. I will follow that. Um, <laughs> there's some of you here today, um, maybe you're here because Uh, You you want to be a good person, and you brought your family with you because um, you want your family to be good people, and everybody knows that all good people go to church, right? And so um, that might be why you're here today, and again, I say welcome to you, but I just want to offer something as we just kind of get moving here. Um, We're here today because when sin entered into the world, and when we were separated from God, and sin sin came into us... Sin did not just make us bad, it made us dead, okay? So when Jesus went to the cross and he rose again from the grave, it wasn't just to make us good and better people, it was to raise us back to life. Is anybody there with me this morning? And uh, just in case you're wondering, that might help answer the question, why does it just get a little loud in here, you know, we're singing, why is everybody just shouting at the top of their lungs, you know, you see people dancing up front, you see, you see these, these flags doing this over here, and then everybody else has got their hands up here. What are your hands doing up here? It's simply because of this. This room is full of dead people who have been brought back to life, okay? And when you know you are dead and you've been brought back to life, you do lose the ability to contain yourself a little bit, okay? Some of us just have to shout a little bit, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, that was good. But guess what? The pride wasn't as good as a couple weeks ago, right? Because we see this in other spheres of life. Like two weeks ago, okay, you saw this two weeks ago, full-grown men, listen to me, full-grown men were screaming at their televisions in hopes that their brackets would stay somewhat intact. We call that March Madness, right? We can get emotionally affected and stirred up, sometimes depressed, sometimes elated by whether or not... An 18-year-old boy can make an outside shot. Do you know what I'm talking about? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. How much more do we have a reason as the saints in the house of God to lift up a shout of praise to say, you have brought me out of darkness into your marvelous life. You have raised me up to life. And that's why we're here. And man, man, You know, for all the reasons that we're here, I, you know, if 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 this if all of this was about just becoming good people and better people, then we didn't need a cross for that. Uh, All we need is daytime talk shows and the self help section at Barnes and Noble, right? The cross and Jesus' resurrection from the grave was to do something for us that we could not do on our own. If this was about becoming better people, then all we'd have to do is try harder. This is about the power of God being unleashed on the people of God. God reconciling the world to himself and releasing the resurrection power to do the impossible. Where things were impossible, through Christ, things are possible. Life is in this place. And that's why we celebrate. And today we celebrate the fact that Jesus came to show us, he came and he rose from the dead, that we could know and continually know his power towards us today. Do you believe that today? That we could know and continually know his power towards us. And so I'm going to open up the Bible. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to the book of Ephesians, Um, you can Turn on your iPhones and other things. Whatever the other phones are. I don't even know what they are. They're probably not worth having. but I, I'm sorry. I just offended everybody in the room. I just... I got to offer sincere apology for that. Not really. Um, <laughs> wow. Everyone's already offended in the room. I'm leaving. That's it. Um, Book of Ephesians. And... We're going to open up the Word today, and we're going to let the Word speak to us. And here's what I want to do. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 1. Could you stand with me? The Scripture is going to be on the screen behind me. I just want to read this, just to honor the Word of God in this place. Would you stand with me as I read the Scripture? And I'm reading from the ESV. It says this, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints... I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the work of his great might, Amen. Can we just thank God again that he fills all in all? And you can take a seat. I love this. And Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus here. He's using all this language starting out. He's, there's something inside of him. And he's just thinking, ah, I, I just, I want you so badly to know these things. And he's, he's using this word of, I'm just praying that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will come over you. that that there's something inside of you way way further than what we can see naturally. He's praying that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will come in. that the eyes of your heart, that there's, he's talking about the eyes, some kind of eyes and seeing that happens more on an internal level um, than an external level. He's he's praying that the eyes um, could perceive the things of God, could perceive the things of the kingdom. And he says this, having the eyes, eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know And then he lists three things there after that. Three things that he wants us to know. But that word know, it's important we we remind ourselves that this is not just, uh, I want you to be informed about these things. I want you to know about these things. I want you to be educated and know the right answers to what I'm about to tell you. I want you to memorize these things. Um, That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is knowing in conscious experience. And it's, it's much like the difference between um, looking at this golden brown substance and knowing it's honey by looking at the label on the jar and knowing it's honey by tasting it. That's what he's talking about. And there is a big difference there. And there's a big difference right there between perceiving things with our natural eyes and perceiving the things through the eyes of our heart of the kingdom of God. Do you know that? That's what he's talking about. I want you to experience these things. I want you to live in these things. And what is he talking about? He talks about what is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And the third one, which we'll talk about, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? That you would know. I'm praying, he's praying that you would know the immeasurable power the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. I I just, I need you to know this. I need you, I, I, I want this to open up for you. There's something that can't be measured. There's something that can't be contained, and it's the power of God. And guess what? It's being directed towards you. In case you didn't know that, the power of God is towards you. It's coming in your direction. It's coming with you as the trajectory this morning. And I want you to know that the power of God is toward you today. That's what he's saying. It's toward you. And what is this power of God? What is this power of God like? He goes on to talk about it. He said, according to the working of his great might. So he says, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us believe? According to, like in in alignment with, to the degree of, to the same intensity of, the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So we go back just a couple days and we think about Good Friday and we think about Jesus in the tomb and the bruising and the beating and the whipping and the scorning and the piercing. Whatever it took to mend Jesus' body, to pull it back together, and to raise him to life so he could come to earth and then be raised into heaven to be seated in heavenly places. Whatever power, whatever degree and intensity that the Father had to unleash on Jesus to raise him from the dead, that same power is being directed toward you who believe. Do you get that today? The same resurrection power that brought Jesus to life is the same power that's available to you today not to know but to continue to know it's coming your way and it is here for you today if you did not know that and some of us if we had to describe our life I don't know if we would use the word power or powerful would we I don't know look at yesterday I don't know look at last week or the season of life you're in is that, is that an adjective that comes to mind when you think about your life? That you're walking in the unbelievable awareness of the power of God toward you. I don't know if that's all of our experience here today, but we have to remember that today we are celebrating and we're worshiping a Jesus. We're worshiping Jesus who loves to rebuild, who loves to restore, who loves to resurrect, and he loves to make all things new. You get that today? Are you guys there today? Do you believe that today? That's what he does. And that's what he's doing. A couple friends of mine shared a story with me recently. And I asked their permission, and they they were glad to let me use the story this morning. Uh, A couple years ago, my friends Sean and Aaron, they were in Oklahoma. And they they had just gone through a, a pretty bad divorce. Okay? I mean, it was bad. And uh, they were left in shambles. They were left broken. They were left hurting. Uh, they, they were left in this dark place, a lonely place, a desperate place. Some of you know what I'm talking about. They, had two young, they have two young boys. And their family just kind of split up and some just bad things happened. And, and he, is, he was an atheist and she was an agnostic, okay? And so they, they wanted nothing to do with God in their life. But after this divorce, they're just left in this bad place. And, and one day, Sean went to the grocery store, and he was there, and he went down an aisle, and he ran into a woman who he recognized as the daycare teacher for one of his boys. And uh, he, somehow he knew that she was a Christian, and so uh, he went up to her, and he said, he just started talking with her, making some small talk, and he didn't even mean to ask it. He just, it just kind of blurted out, just out of nowhere. He said, uh, where do you go to church? And uh, she then began to tell him, you know, like, oh, this is this is where I go to church. And she started telling him about the church, and then she invited him to church. And and uh, he was really appreciative of that, uh, but he wasn't sure how that was going to go down. And he wasn't even sure what really was happening at that point in time. Uh, the, so the next Sunday, he showed up to church. And um, obviously, when you, you're in that place, there's this measure of cynicism and cautiousness. You step foot in church setting, you're thinking, I, I, I don't know. So there's just a little tentative, a little skeptical, and then the first song comes on, and he hears the lyrics. I have found a peace that plows on through the storm. I have found a joy that jumps over sadness. And he's thinking, oh, well, that's, that's just great. And he's thinking, that would be wonderful. I'm not sure how you find that, though. I don't know what you guys are smoking, but I haven't found that yet. And he said that as they move through worship and, and singing, there's a sense of just calmness that came over him. It just started resting on him. That's all he could describe. I just felt calm. And then as worship ended and the pastor got up to speak, out of all topics, he comes up and he says, all right, everybody, uh, we're going to continue our series on family today. And, uh, that's what we're gonna do. So open your Bibles and so on and so forth. And Sean's thinking, oh my gosh, really? The day I show up to church, we're talking about family, like the most broken piece in my life right now. Let's see how this goes. And so, um, towards the end of the message, um, he said, he just, he just felt like, Something just had moved inside of him. Again, no words, no grid for this. And he just felt like he needed to go thank the pastor after the service. And so he knew that the pastor had to get out. It was the seventh year anniversary. He was going to try to leave. But he's like, I just got to go thank him. And so he went and talked to the pastor and thanked him. And that began like a 45-minute, hour-long conversation with the pastor. And what really just blew him away was he, he realized, um, I have never actually met anybody like this, this guy. He realized this guy actually is really sincere and genuine. He was taken aback by the interest that this pastor showed in his life and in his story. And he was just thinking, what in the world? Like, that was crazy. And and so he, you know, that that began a series of conversations and relationships, and he got connected in a life group, uh, a home community group. And and then just through a series of events, um, God captured his heart, and he began to follow Jesus. In Oklahoma, and he began his journey with God, and then, meanwhile, his ex-wife Erin, she was um, kind of watching from the outside and not entirely sure what was happening. This is kind of weird. Like she, like he was the atheist; she was the agnostic. If anything like she's got a better chance of like you know falling into faith, but you know he just didn't believe in God at all. So like, what in the world just happened here, right? And so. Uh, He got a job offer, you know, several months after this. He got a job offer out here in Colorado, here in Boulder. And uh, um, he wanted to move out here. And so she decided to move out here as well because they didn't want to split up their boys and their family. So they're both out here. And he got established in a church. And and she, uh, you know, she got a job too. And then she said um, uh, that there was... There was a certain point, you know, things were civil between them, but she was very antagonistic towards the church and towards Christians and whatever this was that was happening in his life, I don't know about that because she was still in a place where she was very broken, she was busted up, it was just dark, it was confusing, it was it was a Good Friday, yeah, that was the season that she lived, and there was a time when. Uh, she needed help with her car, and he decided to help fix her car. And she was really, you know, thankful for that. And so she decided she wanted to go and thank him and take him out to lunch to thank him for helping her fix, uh, help, helping her fix the car. And so as she was getting ready for that, she said that one day she was just driving, and as she was driving, she was just thinking about their family and thinking about the relationship and all the changes in his life. And she just started thinking, and she said, she said she found herself just wishing out loud. She said. Man, if there is even a one in a billion chance that we could be back together, that we could be restored and our family could come back together, if there's a one in a billion chance that this could ever be mended, she, she said, God, I just wish that that would happen. And then she caught herself. She said, I realized I was wishing to God at that second. And that was kind of weird. She wasn't supposed to be wishing to God at that point in time. But she said, I started wishing to God. And she said, after she got done with that wish, or as we would call it, a prayer, she said something inside of her just, just turned, something just turned upside down, something shifted, she felt the weight of something she had never felt before. And she's just, she was caught in a moment. She's just something she had no grid for. And so she takes him out to lunch, and she's just a little freaked out by what, you, she's, she doesn't really have language or words for whatever that just, whatever just happened in her heart, she's not really sure about. She takes him out to lunch to thank him. And then she's done thanking him for fixing her car. He, she says, can I just ask you about your faith? Can I just, just tell me about that? And so he gladly told her his story. And then she said, well, can I come to church with you sometime? And he said, yeah, that'd be awesome. He said, I, I go to this church called Vine Life up there in Gunbarrel. You're welcome to come with me. And so the next Sunday, they showed up to Vine Life. And then it just so happened, um, during that service, he had to go work and serve downstairs in Kids Quest and volunteer down there. And so he couldn't sit with her in the service. So they came in, and uh, he went and and... Uh, introduced Aaron to Noel, uh, who is one of our students in the Vine Life School of Kingdom Ministry, and, and they, they hit it off, and, and Noel agreed to sit with Aaron, and Aaron said that when she came into the service, as worship began, she said she felt, th- again, this weight of peace come over like she had never described before, and immediately just, she was dissolved into tears. It's that feeling of, I've been searching for this for so long, there's something in my soul that's saying, yes. Whatever this is, I don't even know what to call it. I don't know what's going on, but something inside of me is leaping inside of me. And she said she was in this place where she felt the weight and the, the, this, this, this sense of, of restoration, this sense of, man, I'm, I'm home, this sense of, I, I don't know what this is, but it feels good, and I've been waiting for this for a long time. And a little bit later in worship, Noel leaned over to her and said, "Hey, I, I just feel like God wants you to know he 's really happy that you came home, and so that began kind of the the start of of Aaron's relationship with the Lord and from there on out she, she got connected and she went back to Sean and started talking and, 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 and she just through a series of loving relationships, a series of events, she began to follow the Lord. Lord Jesus became Lord of her life as well. And so with all of that, She, you know, she found herself praying in a car, wishing that even if there's a one in a billion chance, their family was restored. Because Sean experienced resurrection in his whole life, because Aaron was able to experience this spiritual resurrection in her life, they began to talk, they began to have conversation, and they decided together that we think we can work this out, and they were restored back into relationship with each other, and their family is now united again and resurrected again, because that's what Jesus does. In case, in, in case you, you haven't heard that type of story in a while, you just need to know that's what Jesus is doing. That's what he's always been doing. And the fact that he would pursue him and win Sean's heart and pull him close, and then he pursued Aaron and pursued her and, and drew, drew her close, the fact that that would happen individually and that through that, They're now taking next steps into remarriage, and they said, we want Jesus to be the cornerstone, to be the centerpiece of this. We want the same resurrection that happened for us to be present in our marriage, and we want everybody to know about this because this is amazing. Jesus makes all things new. That's what he does. That's what he does. And... I think that's what Paul's talking about when he says, I want you to know the immeasurable greatness of his power toward you. Are you aware of that? Is that something we can wake up in the morning thinking about? Now, it's interesting, just kind of as a last, just a landing point here. When Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians, he's not writing to a group of non believers. He's not writing to people who haven't experienced the power of God before. He's writing to the church. In, in essence, what he's saying is, can I just remind you that the same power that brought you to God is the same power that's available to you today, that it's being directed toward you today? Can I remind you of that? And I think you and I know why, because we can sympathize with that, how, how that is for us as believers, how easy it is to kind of settle in and we just kind of get caught up in some stuff and in life. And then over the course of time, We're just not quite as aware of his power in our life. And I think the best way to explain this is, remember the first time you got to Colorado? Anybody from the Midwest that moved out here? Okay, lower your hand before, you know, it just creates a really embarrassing moment for all of us. Um, That was amazing, right? You moved out to Colorado and you saw the Rockies for the first time? Whoa! Right, so if you're from Colorado, you know nothing about what I'm talking about, okay? Okay? This was amazing, and so uh, I, I just, re- I remember that, like, uh, um, you know, I grew up in Indiana, right, just as like a, a lowly Midwestern boy, you know, there's Luke, lo- lowly farm boy, Indiana, and uh, uh, all I had heard was the legend of the Rocky Mountains, right, I just heard stories and seen pictures and rumors, right, and my dad was always saying, we got to get out there and see the Rockies, and, and uh I was like, yeah, well, let's go. And so one day when, we were in, when I was in high school, we packed up the van, and we did what any, all the Midwest, Midwesterners do. We drove across the country to Colorado, right? We drove through the Great Plains to get here, which is always a mistake, right? You don't want to drive through the Great Plains, right? Anybody driven through Kansas? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Talk about, like, jeez. I don't know, man. I mean, I guess you kind of have to go through that to get to the majesty. But wow, I don't know what God was thinking. The Great Plains, wow, that's just an interesting piece of work there. <laughs> and uh, and so we're coming out. And you remember that time when you cross the Colorado border and you're coming in? And then you feel a little gypped because nobody told you that Colorado, the real Colorado, doesn't actually start for another three hours. <laughs> what in the world is going on, you know? So you're in the car and you're driving. You see the sign. You are now leaving Kansas. You're like, all right, everybody, here we go. You know, you cross the Colorado border and immediately you're looking for mountains, right? You're just doing this. I'm just nothing, right? <laughs> like an hour later, like, oh, I think I. S- oh no, that's a cloud, right? And so it's like, <laughs> and then finally, like two and a half hours later, you see this, this like, oh, I think I think I see him. Woo! Look at that. You know, you just you just stoked. You know, you see these like little things and. Then you finally get to the Rockies, and it's just like majesty, right? It's just like what in the world, and you know, just that experience. And you know, even I remember even being down here in Longmont, going like going up the diagonal. You know, all my friends that had that lived here, they're driving me around. I would just be looking out the window, just jaw dropped, like whoa, you know, like this is nuts, right? And and uh, so we did what any sensible Midwesterner would do. Once we realized that they use the same currency in Colorado as they do in Indiana, we packed our bags and we moved, right? Because that's what we do. And you know what I'm talking about. That's what we do. There's probably no one in here from Colorado. I don't think anybody from, like, in Colorado is actually from Colorado. That's just a theory I have. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, wow, sensitive su- subject. Should I be done now? or? Wow. Geez, I didn't realize how it's touching. Maybe we need to do some ministry right now. Well, thank you for letting us inhabit your state. We really appreciate that. That's very kind of you. That's a, a nice gift. I don't even know what I was talking about now. So we moved here, you know, and the idea is we moved here and we're thinking, man, I'm going to spend every day in the mountains, right? I'm going to move here and like, I'm going to be hiking and biking and camping and driving and exploring and discovering and the whole deal. And so what happened to us, guys? We moved out here and then what happened? We got a job, bought a house, have a kid, I don't know, whatever that was for you. Um, and then how many times have you actually got up into the mountains? Has that worked very well for us Midwesterners that got out here? Maybe sometimes. Probably not as much as you would have hoped, though, right? That maybe has not happened as much as you. Now, some of you are like, no, I go to the mountains every day. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm proud of you, okay? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. I know that for some of us, what we thought was going to be the reality when we got here hasn't been. Why? Because we just kind of settled into our life. And and what keeps us here is this. It's not that we actually always enjoy the reality of being in the mountains, but if I wanted to, I could, right? That's what keeps me here, is if I wanted to, I have the comfort of knowing that the mountains are there when I need them or want them, right? So I'm not moving away. But that doesn't actually mean I'm enjoying the mountains. And so all that to say is I, I think that my, this might be what Paul's talking about when he's addressing the church, to continue to know the power of God. Because some of you know what that's like to have experienced the power of God and then for whatever reason in your life, there's a series of events and circumstances and relationships and all the things that happen in life. Um, we began to settle for less than what's available to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. And what Paul is saying is, I want you to know the immeasurable greatness of his power towards you. And I want you to know that today. And maybe some of you said, man, I I remember that, that time I, I felt that initial, that resurrection, that power. Maybe you've had that similar experience where you just hear and something and said you shifted. Something was rearranged and it just changed everything for you in a season. And I think the Lord would want to remind you here today that his power towards you, the power of the resurrection, was not a single event. But you have a lifetime pass that all the power of God has that raised Christ from the dead. He's funneling into, in your direction. And I think He wants you to know that today. He wants to remind you of that today. The immeasurable greatness of His power towards you. You remember when you used to pray bold prayers, and maybe those haven't happened in a while. And God's saying, today, if you are in Christ, you better be praying bold prayers, you better be praying impossible prayers. Because you are in Christ and you have the power of the resurrection on your side. And the, if the parts of your life that you think need some restoration, whether that's a job, whether that's a family thing, whether it's your relationship with your parents uh, or your kids, uh, or you just pick any number of things, maybe you're going through some physical things or emotional, you need some emotional healing, all those types of things, God would want you to know, the same power that raised him from the dead is available to you today. Resurrection power is available right now. For you. Yeah, you. So let's pray this morning. If you could close your eyes across the room. Jesus, I want to thank you that you stole the keys of death and the keys of hell. You've unraveled the schemes of the enemy, and victory is yours in this place and in our hearts today. God, we thank you that you are alive in this place. You are alive, and you are here, and God, I pray that that something would awaken in our hearts to not know about that, but to know the life of Christ in this place, the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ in us today. I thank you, Lord God, that your desire is for us to know the immeasurable greatness of your power towards us today that never stopped, that did not stop 2,000 years ago, that didn't stop when our sins were forgiven, but you unleash your power to us today that we can be partakers of your divine nature. We can be restored to you and be catalysts of restoration and resurrection in our world that to the degree that we've received restoration, you're allowing us to unleash restoration into this world and in our relationships and into your children that do not know you yet, God, I thank you. That's been your plan from the beginning of the ages and we receive that now. today on this Easter Sunday we receive the power of your resurrection and God I pray that that would go deep right now God I thank you for those in the room Father who stumbled in here somehow and they're not quite sure how they got here They're not even really sure if they completely buy into all of this stuff, but maybe there's some people in the room here that they felt the exact same thing I was talking about. They felt this turning, this moving, this sense of your presence, God, in this place, this this weight, these butterflies, this burning inside of them that they don't have words for right now. God, I pray that today they would know the power of the resurrection and that God you can breathe life and Jesus you are the way and the truth and the life in this place God I thank you that in your presence is the fullness of joy is righteousness peace and joy and this morning I pray for that person and I thank you that your words are the same I'm glad that you are home here come home and if that's you in the room after the service I just want to encourage you join us up front we'd love to pray with you we'd love to get to know you we'd love to talk to you about Jesus and how awesome he is and then some of us here I just want to pray for for those of us here who have been in this for a while maybe you've been a believer for a long time and and again um, you look at your life and maybe it just hasn't been as powerful as maybe you would have hoped and I just want to pray for you and I just pray the heart of the Father over you and the power of Jesus that even now your faith would begin to rise to pray bold prayers to ask for miracles to know that Jesus is alive and he is still working and he resurrected you and he wants to keep resurrecting you he wants to keep restoring for you, he wants to keep doing for the things doing things for you that you cannot do on your own that's what he loves to do And God, I pray for the church in this place, the saints, God, the people who have known your power, God. We pray that your power would be manifested, we'd be sent here in your power and with your power to bring restoration and redemption to all things, and join you in your work of making all things new, God. We thank you for life in this place. We thank you for victory in this place. We thank you that death has lost its sting, and it's in Jesus' name we pray in this place. Amen. Amen. Can we just thank God one more time?